Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. Oh, come on. You guys can say good morning because you're in the room. Good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. Yeah, good to see you guys too. I've been waiting for that. Good morning back. Anyway, I'm glad that you're here. You guys who are here in person, thank you so much for being here. For those of you who are joining online, thank you so much for doing so on this special day. And why don't we give it up for Mike and Bonnie Newbold for all that they have done. Amazing, amazing. Amazing people who provided great leadership and great support. And I, I got to tell you, uh, when we celebrate what we're celebrating today, uh, at the center of that is, is Mike Newbold. Uh, he did so much. I'll explain that here in, uh, in just a few moments. And uh, today is a day for us to celebrate. Now, I didn't uh, imagine two years ago when we began this journey called All In that uh, we would be celebrating during a worldwide pandemic uh, of biblical proportions and that we would be, uh, you know, dealing with coronavirus. I thought today was going to be a day where we'd have to add a service and it would be filled from, you know, wall to wall and we'd be having, you know, uh, balloons drop from the ceiling to celebrate all that God has done. Um, but uh, we're in a different circumstance, but we celebrate anyway. We celebrate regardless of what the circumstances are and we give God glory, uh, regardless of what our circumstances are. And I remember as, as we began our generosity initiative called All In, and a generosity initiative is basically, a, you know, it's like kind of words for we're raising money. As, as we began this process, and I'll tell you what it was uh, for and what it was about uh, over these last two years, uh, one of the things that I promised God and I promised our team is that regardless of where we came in in terms of the, the numbers, right, that we would always give God glory, that we would always praise him. And we'd praise him if we came in short, we'd praise him if we meet the goal, and we'd praise him if we exceeded the goal, that we would give him glory. And it comes from that verse that you just heard there um, from 1 Chronicles 29, 11, that says this, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. And, and I stated that because we as people, sometimes we have a tendency when we look back at results and even in the midst of a project, we have the tendency to kind of like steal a little bit of the glory. I even was doing that in the past few days. I was kind of tempted to steal God's glory. Like, man, just look at what we've done or look what, you know, our church has done and that sort of thing. Or you can also steal God's glory when you allow Satan to steal the joy. Is that right? And it is easy right now to allow the evil one to steal the joy. When you think about coronavirus, when you think about racism run rampant, when you think about riots that have gotten out of control, I mean, my goodness, there's a dust cloud over us right now. And, and you know, there's, there's a, like a, a, a flock, I guess that's what you call it, like a whole bunch of uh, locusts. I mean, let's call it what it is. There are locusts over there. It sounds like we're living in biblical times, right? And so it's easy to kind of allow that joy to be stolen. But we today are coming here with this verse as the backdrop, with this declaration as our declaration that we as God's people are gonna give him glory, that we are going to express to him the honor that's due his name regardless of what's going on around us. 
All In began in January of 2018, really February of 2018, and the goal was $3.5 million. Now, we're, we're a church at the time, we were an 11-year-old church, so we weren't even, we're hardly a middle school church, like we hadn't even hit puberty yet as a church, and, and God gave us a vision to raise $3.5 million, my son's going to like that one, uh, $3.5 million, that was a huge, huge uphill task. It was a huge challenge goal, but we knew that God wanted us to raise that for two years of general fund for the mission. We were all in for the mission, which was our mission as a church in this community. We were all in for the future, which meant taking care of the, the, the original loan that we had here in this building and on these three acres, but also expanding our footprint with the, the acre that uh, the community center sits on and the acquisition and renovation of that community center. And so we were all in for the mission. We were all in for, for uh, the, the future, and we were all in for the world. 14 partners uh, here in our community and around the world that we helped support. And so it was a huge goal. It included everything. They call it a one fund, like one fund to, to serve all of these purposes. And i got to be honest with you. Mike referenced it. There were a few times along the way that I thought to myself, we're crazy, and I'm not sure if we're going to come through. We're crazy, and I'm not even sure that God can see us through to the end. There were a few times that I wondered if our vision was too big, if our ask in God in terms of uh, us asking God for a vision um, was too wide. And sometimes I thought, why did he choose us as a church to do this? A massive, massive amount of money. And God just kept saying, stay at it, stay at it. Stay at it. I've got it. And he does have it. And he does have it. And, and when I think about this idea of this massive challenge of raising $3.5 million to, to really set ourselves up for the future and to set our partners up for the future, um, I, I think about the nation of Israel, God's people. Because the nation of Israel has this story, this, this constant story of, of God calling them out into the unknown. In fact, Abraham, he was the one that, like, God said, hey, go that way. Have you ever had anybody in your life say, go that way and not tell you how to get there or not even tell you the destination? That's what happened with Abraham. And I'm sure his family thought he was crazy. But here we are today, and, and what do we sing? We, we sing father Abraham, right? God turned his, he, he promised him that he would turn him into a great nation, and he did. And so Abraham went out into the wilderness, out into the unknown, seeking out the land, the promised land that God had given him. And so they, they go into Egypt, a, a family of 75 people, and, and don't realize that for the next 400 years, they're going to be slaves to the Egyptians, and so 400 years later, they emerge out of Egypt, God using this man named Moses to, to you know, lead them out of the bondage that they were in into their freedom. After 400 years, 75 people became over a million people. In fact, most experts believe that it was probably closer to like 2 million people that came out of Egypt. 2 million Jewish people, God's people, who went out of the bondage. 
who were released from the bondage because of something, a series of things that God did that were amazing. And so we, we have the story of, of Moses leading them out into the wilderness, and, and they probably thought, well, we've got just a short journey to the promised land now because the slavery is behind us. Uh, God had a whole different thing. They had a whole different thing, and they spent 40 years wandering in the desert. And over the course of those 40 years wandering in the desert, heading towards the promised land, um, there were times when they didn't have water, and there were times when they didn't know uh, what their food situation was going to be, and there were times that they didn't know who it was that w- who was leading them. They couldn't find God in their midst. There were times that there was no food and no water and no leader. And you know what happens when uh, two million people have no food, no water, and, and a leader they can't discern? Complaining. <laughs> and they complained. They complained to Moses. They complained to God. And they just kept wandering and wandering and wandering in the desert. And Moses even has a couple situations where he begins to doubt God. In fact, so much so that God didn't allow him to see the promised land. But there was a new leader who would rise up, and his name is Joshua. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 4. Because I believe what happens to the nation of Israel here in Joshua chapter 4 is a great parallel to what we have been through. and Maybe even sets us up to where God is taking us as we celebrate and bring all in to a close. See, there was this nation of Israel after 400 years and after another 40 years of being in bondage and then wandering in the desert, and they're on the Jordan River, and across the Jordan River is the land that God had promised them. Imagine being an Israelite during this period of time. Imagine being one of the children of Abraham, thinking the land's right there. It's across that river, it's right there. We can, we can see it and, and we can, we can like, you know, sense that it's right there. We might even be able to, to smell it. And so it, we see in Joshua chapter 1 that God tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. I got great things for you. Obey the law. He, he then uh, tells them that uh, they need to send spies and they send spies. And, and the spies come back and they're like, there are giants in the promised land. This is a problem. There's things in the promised land that we're not so sure of, and the spies come back, and, and so then God does an amazing thing, and in chapter 3, the whole nation of Israel crosses the Jordan River because Joshua and God's people listened to what God said, and they obeyed what God told them, and they crossed the Jordan River on dry land. Now, that was an interesting thing under normal circumstances, but this particular time of the year that this group of people, this group of, remember, millions of people crossed the Jordan River, it was during harvest time, and the river would have been at its banks and over, and it would have been flowing strong, and this would have been the time of year that you'd be like, yeah, we need to probably wait until the dry season to cross the Jordan, but God had different plans, and God was about ready to show his glory and show his might. And he told Joshua to instruct the priest to go down, and as soon as the priest's feet hit the waters of the Jordan River, it dried up just like the Red Sea had 40 years earlier. And all the people crossed to the other side. 
And they got to the other side, and the priests were instructed to stay back with the ark, and, and that, that they crossed on dry land, and they get to the other side, and God commands Joshua to pick 12 men to go back into the river and find 12 stones to pick out to create a memorial. And imagine if you were one of those 12 men from one of those tribes, you've just crossed this body of water that's a raging river, essentially. And Joshua goes, hey, God told me to send you back in to get the stone. I'd be like, really, Joshua? Come on, man. We already did this once. Do we have to do this again? Really? But they do. They obey Joshua, who obeys God. And they pick 12 stones. And they begin to set these stones up as a memorial. And I want you to look at Joshua. We're going to take a look at verses 6 and 7 of chapter 4 and then skip down to verses 20 through 24. God says that this, this memorial, this group of, of stones that they had collected from the middle of that dry river, that this may be a sign among you when your children, the next generation, he says, in time to come, uh, when your children ask, when your children ask in time to come, in times to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off so that these stones, so that these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And so they set up these stones as a memorial of what God had done. And once the priests pass over that Jordan River and the Ark of the Covenant, the river goes back to its flowing state like it was before. God had done a miracle with the nation of Israel upon entering the promised land, just as he had done a miracle when they left their bondage. And that's when God shows up in the most obvious way, is when we are down to our last dollar. It's when we are down to our only hope. It's when we are at the point where the future looks impossible because our God is a God who deals in the realm of what is impossible. See, we can solve what is probable. We can solve what we view as possible. We can take the numbers and, and line them up and, and it makes sense on paper. We can accomplish that on our own. I mean, not me specifically because I, I stink at math, but uh, you can, a lot of you can, right? But it's when we're, we're faced with the impossible that we need God to show up. And he showed up and he provided and imagine what it's like for someone who's um, maybe one of those children of Abraham who, who knows the stories of the 400 years. They know the stories of the bondage. They know that God had promised generations ago, had promised that Abraham, uh, that he would make Abraham into a great nation, that uh, he, he had land, specific land for him, and that people would be blessed by him. And, and there's no way as you think think back about that covenant, that promise that God made to Abraham, that it would come true. But now it is because you're in the land. And imagine if you were one of those people whose feet touched for the first time the land that God had promised so long ago. What an amazing thing that would have been to be a part of that. To know that I'm going to camp out tonight here for the first time in the land that God promised us. And in Joshua 4, 20 through 24, we see once again kind of this 
repeat of why these memorial stones are set up. And the 12 stones, verse 20, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. That's where they made their first camp that first day, that first night that they were in the promised land. And he said to the people of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know Israel passed over the Jordan, this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. As the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, there's a reminder which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the peoples, listen to this church, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. See, Joshua was instructed by God to set up memorial stones, and, and a lot of you were, were a part of all in in the beginning, and um, we don't have a Jordan River here. We do have an ocean but you can't take things out of the ocean, right? I mean, it's illegal now, right? So anyway, so you can't take stuff out of the ocean. And, and our, our, like, land here, we don't have a lot of, like, rocks or stones. Um, you know, we have, we, have, we have sand. So that's eh, not really a big deal. But so we, we pass these out as a memorial to, to pray for All In and to be a part of All In. And some of you who have been here since, since day one of All In, you, you received one of these stones. And, and, and just like the nation of Israel set up these memorial stones, church, it's time for us to find ways here at the end of All In to do some things that will help us to be able to point to the next generation and to all the peoples of the earth and say, our God is a mighty and powerful God. And we as a church are going to do that. One day we're going to take these stones that we gave you and we're going to make some kind of memorial out of that. But I got to tell you, there's a way that we can do that right now. There's a way that we can do that right now. There's, I think, at least three ways that we as a church can treat what God has done through all in as a memorial. First and foremost, our memorial stones are our mission as a church to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. That's a way that we can help tell the story of God's might and God's faithfulness. That's what memorial stones are, by the way. I missed that. Memorial stones are the way that we can tell the story of God's might and God's faithfulness. And we can do that, church, through our mission, through being on mission each and every day, collectively, individually, and inspire other people to do the same. You see, that's a memorial stone being on our mission, our mission is to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. And church, one of the ways that we can tell the story of God's faithfulness and of his might is to live on mission for him. Is to be on mission as a church even during the darkest of days, even during COVID. Even during coronavirus, even when it looks like, and as you look outside, like the world is coming to an end. Literally, that kind of seemed like it yesterday if you looked out at the sky, right? It was kind of weird, right? That we stay on mission. That's a way for us as a church 
to continue to tell the story of God's might and his faithfulness. This campus, when you drive on campus, you see these buildings, and there's nothing special or gaudy or goldy about these buildings. I just made up a word there. Anyway, there's nothing like special about these buildings. In fact, uh, one of my old pastor friends who doesn't live here anymore, he drove by once, he called me up, and he goes, well, that's the most boring building I've ever seen. I'm like, thanks for the word of encouragement, pal. There's nothing special about these except what happens and what takes place in these buildings, this one and the new one, is that people's lives are changed because of Jesus and people's eternities are changed through Jesus. During the two years of All In, we had over, I want you to hear this, please don't miss this, we had over 200 people confess and admit that they were sinners and they put their faith in Jesus and over 200 people, their eternity changed because of what we are doing as a church, because of what God has done in us and through us. And that's reason to celebrate. That's how our mission and how our campus can give testimony to the faithfulness and the might of God. But the last way that we can share the faithfulness and the might of God is through our lives. In church, if all we do is raise a bunch of money to, to pay off the debt, the original debt on this building, if all we do is raise a bunch of money to outfit a new building that we acquired, if all we do is raise a bunch of funds to be able to send our partners, all of those things are good and some of them are great. But if we do all of that and we haven't changed, then I think we are missing something. We may be missing the greatest miracle, and that is, is that we can be living memorials for him. Our lives can declare his faithfulness and his might. The way that we live our lives, the way that we talk to each other, the way that we represent ourselves in our community when we're out and about, the way that we live our lives with our families, it all can be a memorial to God. And I think if we've missed that and all in, I think we've missed everything about it because we can be living memorials. Peter talks about this in 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5. He says this, as you come to him, and he describes Jesus, he says this, he is a living stone rejected by men. By the way, the, the passage in, in Joshua was a shadow of what Jesus would become in so many different ways. And Peter later on, so many centuries later, calls him a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. He's talking about Jesus here. But then he says this, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as spiritual houses to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And he goes on in verse 9 and 10 to say, but you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous Light. He says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. 
And listen, church, if we miss in all of this that we are to be a living memorial for him, I think we've missed the whole thing about all in. That our lives have the opportunity to declare his praise. Listen, I realize that the buildings are just buildings. It's brick and mortar, and in our case, a bunch of steel. (laughs) They're being used for God's glory and that they're being used to proclaim his good news. They're being used to, to send people out in a ministry. They're being used to help like uh, build, build a foundation for our community in that building. They're being used to, for people to go, go to a different place in their walk with God. But, but truly we are the ones that the Holy Spirit indwells when we become Christ followers. And our job is to be a living memorial for him. Our job is to be a living memorial for him. In some ways, that's the greatest miracle that can occur from all in. We, we had a bunch of miracles occur. We had so many different miracles occur through all in. Uh, all, the most notable one is, is the one that happened all the way at the beginning of, of all in. Uh, our leadership team had been praying about um, you know, what is the next thing that God's given us? And that was in like 2015 and the beginning of 2016. And one of the things we thought is that this building right over here that's called building, was at the time called building B, would be a great place for us to have a front door in our community, have a weekday entrance for people to come and visit. We thought it would be great, right? And so I went and met with uh, one of my, my friends whose son plays soccer with, with my son. And uh, he's an executive there. And I met with him and I said, hey, you know, what do you guys think? Would you be willing to lease it or, or you know, for us to purchase it? And he says, there's no way we'll ever give up that building. No way. <laughs> and there was half of me that like kind of walked away sheepishly. And there's half of me that's like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. So a few months went by. In fact, I think about six or eight months went by. And as we were praying, we just felt like God was telling us to, to go back and ask. And I remember telling my friend, um, you know, hey, listen, I'll never leverage my relationship with you on the soccer field to talk about, like, work and, and business and stuff. And so I went to him, and I'm like, hey, remember that time I told you I would never leverage my relationship with you to talk about work and stuff? Right now, I'm going to leverage my relationship with you to talk about work and stuff. So I, I said, let me just take another shot at it. Would you guys ever be willing to give up building B for us to buy or to lease? And he goes, you're not going to believe this. But last night, the board voted to give me permission to start selling stuff off. That is a miracle. And it was one of the major signs that God was saying, Hilton Head Island Community Church, go for it, but also go for the other stuff. A miracle like a, a kid in Belize um, Kevin Zib, who is one of our contacts in Belize that helps us out when, when we're in Belize, and we wanted to, we wanted to purchase a, a church down there and, and really be involved in, in starting a church. Little did we know that Kevin, the guy that was showing us around, God was birthing the dream of a church in his heart, and we were a part of raising the first dollars to help uh, Dunamis Ministries, which is down in Belize. We were part of helping a church. It was different than what I thought, but God had better plans. And by the way, in less than a year, they're killing it. It's so cool to see. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Because you and I and our leaders 
said, we're going to follow him in obedience. And when it is all said and done with our lives and with the results, we're going to live by 1 Chronicles 29, 11 that says, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all, whether it's great or small, whether we think it's good or bad, whether we think it's a victory or a failure for all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Lord, yours is the kingdom and you are exalted as head above all. And I know some of you are like, hey, I came here to hear the results. Todd, you're 30 minutes in. It's our first day back at church. I'm watching online. I'd rather be at church, but I wanted to be safe. Tell us the results. We will in a minute. But first, I want to pray. And I want to thank God for everything that he's done because he's done amazing things through you. And he's done amazing things through you and you and you. And those of you who are watching online, he has performed miracle after miracle. And Father God, we thank you. We give you the glory. We praise you. We give you credit, every bit of the credit for all that you've done. And God, we made that promise from day one that we would give you the glory, that we wouldn't steal any of it, that we wouldn't try to steal any of the victory, that we wouldn't try to, to take any of the credit, that we wouldn't try to to share in your glory. And God, there have been a few times, I know even recently where I've been tempted to do that. And Father, I, I thank you. I thank you because you own it all. It's all yours. And God, we thank you for all in the spiritual journey that's taken place, the lives that have been changed, the new things that have started. Father, we give you all the credit. Help us to use our mission and our campus and our lives to be the memorial stones so that when our kids and the next generation and the generation after that and all the peoples of the earth look at our lives and look at our mission and look at our campus, we say all the glory belongs to you. We thank you and we are grateful. In Jesus' name, I pray.